You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome in. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, recording from the beautiful city of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Super stoked to bring you another interview with one of my dear friends, a guy by the name of Kenneth Freire. If you're, for those of you who have been listening for a while know that we interviewed him back in episode 132. We had some great dialogue about the reliability and authority of the scriptures, in particular the reliability and trustworthiness of the New Testament. And so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kenneth and I are going to dialogue about an important topic, whether or not uh, Christians should call out other Christians or should should Christian leaders and preachers call out other preachers that they believe are uh, false. And so Kenny's going to bring us some really good information on that. Before we dive into the interview, I want to remind you about the importance of being subscribed to the podcast. I know many of you are already subscribed, but maybe you're listening to this uh, and you're not subscribed. Maybe you stumbled across the podcast on Facebook or Twitter, and maybe you're streaming this uh, inside the Twitter or Facebook app on your phone, or maybe you're streaming it from our website. Uh, either way, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast because it's the only way to guarantee you never miss an episode. Whenever you are uh, subscribed to the podcast, every episode gets delivered directly to your device. So I would encourage you to subscribe right now. Head on over to whatever podcasting app you're familiar with. Hit that subscribe button or just head over to our website and you'll see a variety of different subscription buttons. Click whichever one applies to you and that'll take you over to the place where you can subscribe. Do that today at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, before we dive into the interview, one other quick bit of uh, business. I want to let you know that I have another podcast that we recently launched called the Student Ministry Podcast. It's designed for youth pastors, youth workers, small group leaders, young life leaders, anyone who is seeking to invest in the lives of middle school students, high school students, or uh, even college students. The Student Ministry Podcast is for you, a great source of wisdom, encouragement, tools, and resources. So I want to encourage you to check that out. The best way to do that is head over to the website for that podcast. It's studentministrypodcast.com. Check that out. Thank you in advance. All right, in just a moment, we're going to get to the interview. My boy, Kenneth Freire, is a dear, dear friend of mine. I trust his integrity um, and his love for Jesus, his love for people, his leadership experience, and um, his knowledge of the Bible and his understanding of theology. He's got a Master's of Divinity from Regent University, so he is uh, he is well-educated and equipped to handle these sort of topics. Uh, he has been uh, part of the uh, re- the Bethany Global University family uh, for a few years. He is the director of the lead internship program there. It's their gap year program, uh, which you'll hear a little bit about uh, toward the end of this episode. And I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy hearing from Kenny and his thoughts on whether or not preachers and Christian leaders should call out other preachers and Christian leaders. And so without further ado, my interview with Kenneth Freire. Welcome back. We are on the line again with my brother from another mother from the great land of Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, director of the lead internship at Bethany Global uh, University, Ken Freire. He is on the line. Ken, how you feeling, brother? Bro, I am doing great. Excited to be part of the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast again. I'm always excited that me and you can chat about theology because uh, it's, it's 
one of the greatest things you and I do. So it's awesome. I'm excited. Always fun. Now, to the listener, it sounds like there's been several days in between interviews. Little do they know that the last episode we did was about three minutes ago. But anyway, we'll... Uh... It's like two minutes, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we, we intro it as if it's a whole other day. You know, we, that's what we do here on podcasts. We want to give the semblance and we want to give the idea that it's been multiple days. It's not. Uh, anyway. Yeah, probably our friendship is this next hour, I guess. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I just want to uh, – let's dive into a topic, man. It's really, really important. I've been asked this um, over the course of you know, just being in ministry. I, I know you've probably had these conversations too. Uh, you know, not necessarily a recent question, but just overall, should preachers – call out other preachers and you know, I'm not going to say any specific names uh, right this moment but you know, we all can probably note point to different pastors and preachers that have publicly ripped or publicly voiced their displeasure with another preacher another pastor uh, I'd love to get your thoughts your opinion on that should they do that and, and if, if you disagree or agree how should it be handled yeah, that is a fantastic question, Kenny, because I've actually gotten that several times myself. And uh, it's a fun topic to think about. Um, and at the same time, very sobering, because especially in the day and age that we're in, uh, once you call someone out, it's on the social media world yeah. within an instant, you know, and it's game over. Like you are almost like a black sheep for life. Like you can't do no Google Analytics or, or anything SEO to try to read claim your name like people are just going to trash it you know so uh should preachers call out other preachers man with that in mind i absolutely think that there is a time and place to do it so yes there should be however you know there's a big however there right uh, we need to determine when you should do it and i think this is where a lot of people mess up uh, when you sh- when you should do it really is contingent about two things are you number one calling someone out because it's a core conviction of the christian faith or is it just a personal opinion that you have? Um, and then so, the way I say it is this, core convictions are like Jesus is the son of God and he's you know both God and man. Uh, he was born of a virgin birth. He died and rose again you know, in three days. He resurrected. Those are core essentials to Christian faith. You know, there's a heaven and hell. Those things are very important to us, the Trinity. You know? So if anyone were to all of a sudden take those things, the core convictions of our faith, right, really core Christianity, and say that they were not true to some extent, then I think as preachers, we should absolutely um, defend the faith in that area. You know, now the problem that becomes is a gray area is these secondhand issues. And a lot of sometimes the secondhand issues are, for example, gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, baptism, uh, the way certain people do ministry, uh, worship, you know, these these other things that a lot of times uh, people just like doing it a different way. Are they right? Are they wrong? You know, you, you have a defense for both sides. In those moments, I think that we shouldn't necessarily be calling out the person, right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person's a heretic and they're, they, they believe this. No, and more, we should we should be like, you know what, I disagree, but here's why I disagree. Let's have a discussion about this rather than all of a sudden call out a preacher without having any background to what they're trying to say. Uh, one of the things that I will say when it comes to uh, calling out preachers, in today's age, we tend to call out so many preachers from sound bites. And it is the most frustrating thing to me. It's just like these couple minute sound bites without getting the 
full scope of what the individual is saying. Right. And I don't know about you, Kenny, but like I know that I've been preaching for for a long time, and I've said stupid stuff while preaching. <laughs> right. Like so, no joke. The other day, we're fi- we're finishing up the lead internship program, right? And uh, we're I'm teaching, and all of a sudden, uh, I do a lot of theology follow up questions if they want to, and and one of them was like, "Hey, when would you call out a heretic?" And I kind of gave them my my things, right? Of like making sure that they go don't uh, go past core convictions and stuff like that. And then the next day, they had another follow up question. They're like, "Hey, I don't really fully understand." Uh, what it means that Jesus was both both God and man, you know. So then I started to explain it, and as I'm explaining it, uh, I get near the end, and you know how every preacher all of a sudden gets kind of excited and is just trying to conclude really strong, right. right? I go and say, you know what? Jesus is just a man. Jesus is just a man, and all of a sudden, my whole classroom is like, <gasps> heretic. <laughs> And in my mind, I'm like, what did I just say? They're like, you just said Jesus is just a man. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a heretic. Because <laughs> um, that's actually not what I wanted to say. What I meant to say was Jesus is not just a man. He's both God and man. You know, but I just had that slip. Now, imagine if that was recorded. All of a sudden, everybody's going to, like, from that point forward, call me a heretic from kingdom come, you know, <laughs> uh, without ever dialoguing with that. So. Uh, should preachers call out preachers? Absolutely. I think it needs to be on the core things of the Christian faith. Uh, and again, there are other things that I think that they're open to debate that we should just probably dialogue about more than just call each other out. Okay, so follow-up questions. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I really like, I mean, I, I think it's a great delineation, you know, a great distinction to say, hey, uh, in this area we say, it's it, these are the areas that we say we fight for. Outside of this, it's it could be different perspectives, and we, we allow for that. You know, that's the old famous uh, adage, the, you know, in, in the essentials, we have unity. In the non-essentials, we have liberty. You know, that's the famous yeah. saying. Um, so a couple a couple thoughts there. Now, whenever we're coming up with the list of, you know, what I, I, I always use the terminology, you know, closed hand versus open hand. I yeah. actually borrowed that from, from Mark Driscoll uh, when he was at Mars Hill still. So I, I, I borrowed that, that terminology from him. The open hand, closed hand. When you're coming up with a list of what you put in open hand and what you put in closed hand, there may be some difference of opinion. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because there are yeah. some people that would say, oh, no, that's not closed hand. Like, so you mentioned a few. Just give me again your list of what's closed hand. Okay, so closed hand, I would say, is um, Jesus being both God and man. Uh, completely closed hand. All right? Like, if anyone were to try to touch that, that they will hear the, the fierce wrath of... <laughs> And Friday's Twitter followers of 30 people. <laughs> uh, you know, if if it were all of a sudden, you know, something about heaven or hell, I think that the scriptures are very clear about that. Um, I believe the Trinity, very core, um, the gospel, you know, specifically that we are sinners in need of a savior. And Jesus is the only one who could save us by grace through faith alone. You know, so that that I would say is some of the core essentials, the fact that Jesus died and rose again, First Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, those are some of them, not all of them. Obviously, Jesus born of a virgin birth. Uh, so those are some of the core things. Open ones, I w- my personal opinion at this point, you know, is uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think that there are some godly, godly believers on both sides of the camp. 
you know, when it comes to that. Uh, another open-handed issue that I know that there have been some fierce debates about in the past is baptism, you know, or, or more importantly, just the sacraments, how we should uh, revolve around those. Uh, but if we, you know, if we get more serious too, there's another one on just predestination. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, that one opens a massive can, you know, of like, right, where right. do you land? And, and then that all of a sudden, you know, when you talk about predestination, then it talks about free will and then free will it talks about sovereignty of God. And it's like everybody's emotions just gets really high really fast and it's really hard to have a dialogue. Uh, so in those, I, I, I specifically bring those up because to some extent they're open handed issues, but at the same time, they're not. There's a lot of gray area there. Um, and what I would some, say Because some people would say those are close-handed issues. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and I know, I, I know yeah. those people, and I have a lot of great friends in those, peop, uh, in those camps. And they're like, Ken, I just think you're absolutely wrong, and you're leading people astray. And I'm like, you didn't even know where I land, bro. Like, how are you going to call me out? You didn't even know where I land yet. They're like, you didn't completely agree with me 100%. I'm like, just because I have questions doesn't mean I don't completely agree with you. But we got to at least look at the other side and have a dialogue about it. Because, uh, you know, like, for example, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man conversation, uh, it is such a mystery of how exactly that works that we'll never be able to figure out. And most commentaries and most great theologians will say that. They're like, there's mystery there. Right. How does it really work? We don't know. I think to some extent it's pride when people think they know exactly how it works. Yeah. It's pride to think that you know all of a sudden the mysteries of God. Um, even if you want to break out like Romans chapter 9 at the end of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 9 about predestination and the elect. Uh, if you follow the train of thought past Romans chapter 9 to 10, all of a sudden in, verse, in chapter 11, Paul is like, oh my God, how great in the mysteries of God that we yeah. should just praise him. Yeah. You know? So again, it's just there, there's, a, in my opinion, just some dialogue about that. Again, when those people don't want a dialogue, I'm just like, man, is, is there some pride there that needs to be dealt with? What if I was just a young, a young boy who's just trying to figure out the faith or a young believer just trying to figure out the faith? Are you going to come at me so hard or will there be grace enough for you to sit down and dialogue? And that's the biggest thing, man, is because I deal with a lot of young believers that many times when they ask a lot of these questions, they're just wrestling. They're just trying to figure out their faith and they don't need someone to come down on them with a hard hammer about this is truth right, you want to be right. able to see that you could dialogue and even at the end of the dialogue if you still land on the same camp that you would probably be really hard on at least you had the opportunity to dialogue versus uh you know just flat out not allow them to to wrestle with their faith a little bit that's really good now uh so let's pretend for a moment you are um, a pastor somewhere and there's another pastor in your community a church maybe down the down the street and they, they're preaching something you think is a uh, very bold heresy. Let's say uh, they're preaching that people need to be baptized by full immersion in water, otherwise they're not saved, right? So That's great. you and I would disagree with that. Right? You and I would say you are saved by your faith, and, you're, and your baptism is a symbol of what God has already done, right? It's an outward reality of an, or an outward symbol of an inward reality. Yeah, absolutely. But, but in my community here where I live in Orlando, Florida, there's a very large church that preaches – you put your faith in Christ, you, you better get baptized soon because you could die and go to hell because that's not enough. You have to actually be baptized. And it has to be full immersion um, underwater. And so otherwise you're not really saved. That's a, that's a real life scenario, a large church in our community. Um, so what? let's say you go to that guy, you go to that preacher, and um, you tell him, let's have lunch, bro, and he doesn't want to have lunch. And 
maybe you, you, you try to have lunch, you send him an email, and you say, hey, brother, I just feel like this is a disagreement. Uh, let, love to sit down and dialogue. He just refuses. And now you notice, you see through social media, you got people from your church maybe visiting that church, or there are people in the community that are attending that church. How do you handle that as a pastor in that community? Yeah, no, that is a fantastic question, man. Uh, which hopefully one of these days uh, I don't ever have to be in that situation, you know. Uh, but I know that as a as a pastor and as someone who teaches, um, you know, here at, at the university and stuff like that, uh, sooner or later that's going to come up, you know. And and for many many elders and pastors out there, we we are faced with that decision. Uh, the first thing, obviously, that I would do, and you kind of mentioned, is I would try to go to that person, follow Matthew 18, you know, and just try to have a uh, discussion like, hey, bro, we should chat. And if he doesn't, then I tried, I would personally try to email him, hey, this is why we're, we, I want to sit down with you. <laughs> like, I completely disagree, and I think you're completely contrary to Scripture right now, especially in a fundamental when it comes to our faith. Uh, if there's no response, and then he's being uh, a little um, aggressive and against me, then what I would try to do is I bring someone else into the mix, whether it's another church pastor from the community, you know, that we could bring into dialogue um, and go that route. If still that doesn't work, then I would try to get a hold of their board members and try to dialogue at that point with that person that I brought to get to the board members. You know, so I do all these things before it gets to the public scene. If after all those things don't work, then I would personally say, okay, now I need to stand up and publicly uh, declare that this person is doing something that I think is contrary to scripture and especially when it comes to a salvation issue absolutely be like hey that that is not true that is false doctrine um, and and that's going to lead people to 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 hell inevitably you know because you're 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 scaring them you're it's a fear-mongering you know um, and I do not want to do that and at the same time I realize that that person has a false view of salvation you know right um, so because of that, man, that's how I would do it. I'd probably call them out, and then if I had my, my blog of, like, 10 followers or whatever, you know, uh, I, I'd be posting it there, too, just like, hey, FY, this is what's going on. This is why I disagree, and, and this is why, you know. It's important for us to realize that this person is is leading people astray, and that is not what the Scriptures say when it comes to salvation. Man, that's some really, really good stuff. Um you are kinder than me, by the way. So I am learning, and just uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, what you said earlier about social media and about the the day and age in which we live, I think that's really important because I've had more than one person. I mean, you've known me for many years. I have many people who've known me for many years that listen to the podcast and they go and they say, I've had more than one person say, you are much more diplomatic and much kinder on the podcast than you are in real life. Actually, one of my closest friends here in Florida. I said that he said that to me a couple days ago. He just said, "You're super, like you're over the top, nice to people on the podcast." He's like, "In real life, you rip people all the time." And I, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I, I said, "But the but the truth is because I do that in private settings where I know it's not going to be misunderstood. So like, yeah. if I'm sitting around the, you know, the lunch table at Chick Fil A and there's four or five guys and someone mentions such and such preacher that I disagree with, I can say, listen, I think that guy is a heretic in this area. Let me tell you the reason why. And I know that those guys know me. There's like, there's like a, there's a context that it's not, a, it's not a soundbite. Like there's a track record there and they know me where, like you said earlier, once you put it on social media or once you put it out on the web, it's like, you don't know what could be taken, yeah. um, what could be said. So I've, I've tried to be much more careful. And I think, I think, I think that's where you're right in saying like, let, let's do everything we can in the private setting to be to do it well before we ever consider going public. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, part of what I try to do, sorry, I'm, I'm a little sick today. Um, part of what I try to do is, is James 1.19 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And sometimes, and, and when I take that, especially in this issue, is realizing, man, they might be in false doctrine, but am, am I going to just all of a sudden berate them so fast without giving them an opportunity to speak and listen and, yeah. and just yeah. try to be patient? You know, now, again, if, if, if it's not, if they're not being listening to me or if they're not trying to have a dialogue uh, as a shepherd, absolutely. You know, I got to take care of the flock. Uh, you know, I know that there are wolves out there that are trying to go into to to destroy the sheep uh then i'll, I'll go aggressive you know uh I'll, I'll get straight up mma on some dude if i need to uh in the spiritual sense uh, and and i will fight the for the faith you know especially if it's a salvation issue i will not hold back uh but at the same time i'm gonna try to do everything privately that i can before i need to go publicly and, and again in this age we're so used to just instant gratification like let's let's just go do it right now without thinking without pondering without processing um that i i just decide let's 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 try to take it a little bit slow that's that's really really good thoughts man ken i've, I've really enjoyed this i think this is valuable and whether you're a preacher or not is irrelevant i, I think all of us can take this advice and say hey here here's how i should approach someone i disagree with in general the, the overarching theme, what I hear you saying is seek to be a good listener, seek to be gentle, seek to do it in private, take substantial effort to deal with them privately one-on-one -on -one, or maybe with small groups before you ever make a public deal or a public statement of any kind. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, to add to that, one of the things that needs to happen, if say you do have that one-on-one -on -one conversation and a person acknowledges that they're wrong, uh, one of the parts that they need to do is say, okay, now that you've acknowledged you're wrong, you need to declare to your people that you were wrong. You know, and bring them back to the truth. Because if you say you're wrong to me, but then continue to keep on preaching the same thing that you keep on preaching. That's uh, not helpful. <laughs> that's not helpful at all. You know, so it's making sure that like there's cor there's right correction throughout the whole process and not just saying you're wrong just because you're in a private meeting. But it has to change your lifestyle as well. That makes makes great sense. Man, Ken, this has been fantastic, brother. Tell me uh, or g give the audience if they want to connect with you the best way to do that. Yeah, uh, the best way is through my blog at www.kenfreire, uh, which is F-R-E-I-R-E.com, or they could just check me out on Facebook at Kenneth Freire, F-R-E-I-R-E. And we will have both your blog as well as your Facebook linked up on the website at theologyfortherestofus.com. Brother, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really, really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, man. Love it. And there you have it, my interview with Kenneth Freire. I thought he really shared some really great insights and thoughts into, into really uh, approaching the topic of closed-handed issues, open-handed issues. Um, when, when do you say something? When do you not? Um, you know, Kenneth is a very gracious pastoral shepherd. You know, as I really was kind of listening to the interview again after we did it, I really thought that my propensity would probably be to, to kind of be more apt to attack or more apt to call out a false preacher. I probably would do it quicker than Kenneth would do it. I probably would be willing to do it more publicly and a little harsher than he would. Um, but then as I was hearing uh, his words in the interview, I really thought to myself, you know, I really want to seek to be as pastoral and as gentle with people as possible. And so I want to reserve those moments. There is no doubt a time when it comes, as Kenny said, 
It's a time to get MMA on brothers. Like it's a time to get harsh. There's some time to call people out and let them know they are wrong because because eternity hangs in the balance. Like souls are at stake. We, we, we cannot uh, be sheepish. We cannot be uh, weak and, and passive. We have to be strong and be willing to stand firm uh, for truth. Uh, but simultaneously, we need to remember we always want to be as 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 pastoral and as gracious as possible. And that is that is an art, not a science that I have not yet figured out in my life, and and I'm working to do that. So I want to encourage you to really consider some of Kenneth's words and uh, really ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, help me to be more like you. Help me to be both gracious as well as a fierce defender of truth. I, I believe we don't have to we, we don't have to be one or the other. That we can be both in, in a way that is Christ honoring. So I encourage. You ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me to be that. Help me to have the courage uh, to be a, a defender of truth. Help me to have the the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit alive and, and overflowing, so that I can be gracious and shepherding when I need to be. I believe if you pray that prayer, the the Lord will hear it, and He will He'll honor that prayer by showing up and and sanctifying you in a way that allows you to do both really well in your life. Hey, before I let you go, I want to just give a, a quick uh, quick thought to anyone who is um, maybe a junior or senior in high school, you're a college-age student, young adult, I want to encourage you uh, to go over and check out the LEAD Internship Program. It's a dynamic gap year program that is really designed to train you to be a, a young leader with a biblical worldview, to train you up to be able to do ministry, whether, whether you're going to be a full-time pastor, vocational minister or not. It's going to train you to do ministry in your everyday life and to think like a quality quality Christian leader. I trust the team there. They're great pastors, great leaders, great theologians. I want to highly, highly encourage you to seriously consider, prayerfully consider a gap year program like the LEAD Internship. And so I want to encourage you to check out their website. Uh, It's leadintern.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope this has been both encouraging and challenging. If you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address on the podcast, shoot me an email. Or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, you can also email me. In either case, shoot me an email at heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you would like to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.